Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I have Tamara Castello on, and she is a specialist in Chinese traditional medicine and the CEO of her clinic in Lisbon. So she is a TMC Health, TMC Holistic, and TMC Jewelry um, facility. So I'm so excited to have you on today, Tamara, and chat with you about your practice. Thank you so much. I'm very honored to be here. Yeah. But first, I'll just start with what drew you into Chinese medicine? Oh, I don't know. I think life. I was uh, I was looking for, um, of course, medicine, but something with a little bit more holistic um, movement, which for me is very important um, because I have two autoimmune diseases since a young age, and I no, normal medicine was not was not doing it for me. <laughs> so um, when I choose, I choose something that for me make made sense in um, keeping the medicine perspective, which is very important. Um, and in the other hand, to make it um, possible to integrate the holistic side of uh, who I am and my habits and my food and everything that makes sense to me uh, for the function of the human body. Is there a lot of Chinese medicine in Lisbon or mm-hmm. you yeah. just kind of stumbled yeah. upon it online? Oh, no, no. I Well, my mom, well, I'm, I'm almost 40 and I graduated 16 years ago. So yeah. it was different in that time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but in this moment, I think it's uh, it's well known. I think people often often uh, confuse a bit uh, what is traditional Chinese medicine and they confuse it for acupuncture, uh, which is very normal. Um, but uh, Chinese medicine is a medicine. So it's a, it's a system, medical system, which is important. And you can have acupuncturists, which are good, but they are not traditional Chinese medicine doctors, so they don't do the diagnosis, which is so important. Yeah. Um, and they only work with needles. I don't need needles for my work. I do I do functional medicine and I do diagnosic, diagnosis. So I think uh, it's a bit different. And in Portugal, you have a, we had 20 years ago, a lot of acupuncturists, but not a lot of traditional Chinese medicine doctors, um, which can deal with herbs, which can deal with uh, food, which can deal with the diagnosis itself and making a bridge to conventional medicine, which is what I do, um, and work together integrity, which for me is the the future. And um, I think it's the, the most important thing. Um, at this moment, you have a lot of doctors, I think, but with the integrated medicine, I think I think I have the biggest clinic. I have two clinics, and one in Lisbon and one in Porto. Wow! And um, I have a big crew. We are thirty-three at this point, wow. um, with a lot of different uh, doctors, which is beautiful. With psychologists, with physiotherapists, osteopathy, and uh, conventional medicine doctors as well. Um, and it's beautiful, I think, because it's a different practice and it's completely integrative. Um, and it's, uh, it's cool. I like it and it's different. <laughs> it's my dream. So it's oh, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. And if people are listening, so, you know, here, like in the States, maybe people are like, oh, is what would I go to a Chinese medicine doctor for? Cause I think that sometimes, oh. you know, what we are kind of like, I don't know, what do we do? Do we, I think acupuncture is the first thing people think of. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> you can go and treat things from acupuncture, but for me, um, acupuncture is not enough. I no. think it's uh, it's a technique, and the technique is not a medicine. The medicine is a system, 
a medical system, um, which involves a lot of parts of the body and actually internal medicine, how it works. And uh, you can call it uh, conventional medicine or traditional Chinese medicine. The difference is the language, actually. But we are saying the same things, actually. Mm-hmm. It's the same. Um, and you do, you go for all of your problems non-surgical because it's uh, we have specialties like any other doctor. So dermatology, gastroenterology. I do in, in, in my practice, private practice. In my clinic, we do all non-surgical, all of the areas. Me, myself, I do autoimmune diseases and I do oncology because I have a master's on oncology integrative in traditional Chinese medicine. So uh, every one of us do something or pediatrician or we have a lot of speciality. So actually it's a different kind of um, way of looking at the body. And uh, of course we see blood tests, uh, x-rays and everything. And um, it's just a different way of uh, treating the patient and the disease, um, which for me makes more sense because you have to, to change people's habits the way they eat the the the, the food, the all the way they cook the food, and the way they go to bed, which time, and you have to settle all the habits and schedules, which is they are very important for the function of the metabolism. And then you have um, the other side uh, to put people to rest with anxiety or stress, and you have a more open view of the disease um, and the health, in the matter of speaking. Yeah. I mean, that's where I do Ayurveda and that's kind of very similar in terms yeah, they of are, habits, you know, yeah, and they switching are, those. Traditional Chinese medicine actually come from Ayurvedic medicine, which is the first medicine. So normally mm-hmm. you have three medicines. You have Ayurvedica, you have traditional Chinese medicine and conventional medicine as medicines. And often people confuse uh, traditional Chinese medicine with techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, it's not a technique. It's really difficult. It's a medicine with internal medicine, with an, an anatomy, with everything. And physiopathology and everything that is a medicine like Ayurvedica. And I, I study a lot of Ayurvedica, actually. One of my books, my third book, um, talks a lot about because I make a bridge between Ayurvedica and the Chinese traditional Chinese medicine. And uh, it's really beautiful. I'm completely fascinated by Ayurvedica. I do a lot. And I, I love it. I, I love it. I just I adore it for and in a way, because we use the elements, it, it's the matter of speaking. You see, the languages are very important in each profession. If you're a lawyer, if you're, it's the kind of a language that you speak. So when you understand the lag, language of Ayurvedica and traditional Chinese medicine, you can totally relate to the med- to the to the, the language of conventional medicine. You just have to see which is which. And uh, when you see that, it's beautiful because they can work together. And for the patient, it's perfect because it has not only the ability of treating the disease, but to maintain and improve the health, which is so important. Mm. Yeah. That's what I tell people too. When I, when they're first coming to Ayurveda, I'm like, yeah, if you learn kind of the basics of it, it will all just make sense, you know, but it it is a little bit of a learning curve when you first get into it. Oh yeah. (laughs) A lot of my audience is familiar with Ayurveda. I would love for you to kind of share some maybe similarities between Chinese medicine and Ayurveda. Some of maybe the big rocks that you kind of um, alluded to with the habits. I think the, the three big, big rocks are the biotypes. So uh, the doshas in Ayurveda, uh, which is Ayurvedic and traditional Chinese medicine, they often um, talk about the elements for the composition of the body. And they are really similar. <laughs> so they change like the ether and the, and the methyls, but, but it's like different. It's, it's a difference of language, actually. They mean the same. And um, so this is the main thing. So they, they divide 
um, the tree biotypes, which is so important. And um, they uh, think about and, and are, are talking about fire and water and the movement of the elements. Uh, they are they are talking about the metabolism. The two medicines are really similar in that way. So the way that they see it, the, the human body is like the microcosmos of something bigger, which is so important. Um, and then the thing they are, have most in common are the way of the, of the connections of the body. So the, the, the fire warms the water and the water warms the earth and the earth. It's the cycle of generation, which is so important. And when you, you can connect the... Um, the elements to the organs and then you see this type of way of thinking is the the basis of the two medicines the way of looking at the human body as a system totally. which is so important and you see it as a system and you see the water and the earth and traditional science medicine the metal and uh, the wood and you see how they work together and it's completely the same in ayurvedica you just change one or two names but the idea is totally the same and it totally makes sense because you actually can, uh, when you have a problem in something on your body, like your heart, you can connect it to the kidney and the kidney you can connect to the bowel and the bowel you can connect to the lung. And then this is the beautiful thing about these two medicines. In one point, they are super old, so they have a lot of experience on mankind. Um, and conventional medicine is beautiful because it's a miracle in so many ways. But it has 200 years, so this is important to understand. We, we are talking about a few thousands for Ayurvedica and for traditional Chinese medicine and with a lot of people because uh, they come from a place which uh, they have more humans. <laughs> they have a lot of people, so they have a lot of experience in the human body, the way it reacts on several people. So it's really medicines they are really replicated from ages. And uh, this is beautiful. You 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 have to go forward, but you cannot forget what is the basis because they have more experience and they know a lot. And um, one, the two medicines, I love Ayurvedica too. I'm, I'm fascinated by it. Um, and it complements a lot to traditional Chinese medicine and both can complement with conventional medicine. So if you use the three pillars, it will be lovely and beautiful for the humans. Mm. Yes. And what about when you come, like, I've seen this too, where people are maybe dealing with something and it's intense and they just, sometimes you just want that quick fix, but with Ayurveda, it might not be a quick fix. I mean, most of the time it is some digging and unrooting. Of yeah. But Chinese medicine, they are Chinese. Yeah. You know? I would love so for you Chinese, to expand and tell me about Chinese medicine with that. So, so what, the Chinese, what do you do? The Chinese has the, the same as Ayurvedica, you go to the root cause and it's so mm -hmm. profound but they are Chinese, so they are very systematic. So they find a way that things can can be cured uh, quickly, symptoms. Mm -hmm. So they have this point, mm. which is beautiful. Yeah. So if you have asthma, of course, you should go to the doctor. You should do whatever you have to do. But uh, you can come to acupuncture as well, and it will release all the air in your lungs. So they have quick procedures which for me, they are very appealing because when people in my clinic are having panic attacks or something, I have to be quick about it. Yeah, I cannot go to the root problem at that moment. I just have to cool it down. And you can do that with traditional Chinese medicine. It's quick. And uh, the, the, herb, the, the herbs on traditional Chinese medicine, the Materia Medica, is really quick. And it works in one day, mm. which is a bit different because they have this sense of um, quickness 
mm-hmm. the Chinese, <laughs> which the Ayurvedic uh, is not is not is not so quick, but it's perfect. It's profound, and the Chinese Chinese medicine have a bit of the both, which for mm-hmm. me is very appealing mm-hmm. at this point because um, it's more integrated in this new world we mm-hmm. live in. Mm-hmm. Because you have to be quick sometimes and you have to have the root cause at the same time. So you can do both. It's, imagine if I have a patient that comes today. I had a lot of patients today. Um, I've seen 12 at this point. And um, they have a big insomnia. I can actually actually put it to sleep today and for the next days. So you don't have to wait one month to put it to sleep. You know. So Chinese medicine for me is good in this way. Okay. Because you can see results quick and patients can relax from acute states in a, a very short period of time, which for me is very important because I we run like a, a mini big clinic. <laughs> we are a lot at the same time and you have a lot of patients, so you have to be able to cool it when you need to cool it down in a way, in a quick way and lower the anxiety in the quick way and um, everything that is acute, you can put it down in a quick way, which is so important. Mm. You had mentioned herbs and I would love for you to kind of expand on that. I know some people just take because magazine articles or they see something online, just take random herbs, which I never recommended Ayurveda. I'm sure Chinese medicine says the same. So can you tap no. into that about actually, what herbs, what herbs maybe are have, safe? <laughs> you have to have uh, you know that there are traditional Chinese medicine doctors which don't do herbs. Yeah. I mean, that's so what Ayurveda, that's how I was yeah. trained too. Herbs are the last thing you go to. Yeah. So, but no, they, they, they don't even know because you have uh, to be, a, to, to be a therapist to have herbalism, you have to, you, you're in another state of doctor. Mm. Different here mm-hmm. in my clinic. I have a lot of doctors which don't dominate herbs a lot because it's, it's another kind of specialty. I do herbs a lot. That's my specialty, but I do internal medicine, so it's a bit different. Um, but uh, if you're dealing with kids, you know less about herbs. So herbs, uh, you have to see the difference between a poison um, and um, a drug. It's the dosage. Mm-hmm. That's the only difference, mm. which is really important because when you're taking herbs and you expect them to have a therapeutical effect, what you're saying is this is a poison. I'm going to take it in the lower dose to make me feel better. So the higher the therapeutic, the higher the poison. Hmm. So you don't take herbs like that. You take them prescribed. Because if you're doing antidepressants, if you're doing um, uh, drugs for the coagulation of the blood, you have a lot of drugs, herbs you cannot use. Mm. So your herbalists, like me, have to know this and tell you, you cannot eat when you're doing warfarin. I don't know, warfarin, you say that? And when you're doing anti-coagulated drugs, you cannot uh, have uh, ginger mm. or ginseng or chamomile in excess or garlic in excess or ginger in excess. And this is the, the, the job of your herbalist to tell you. So you cannot, because it's, it's, if it's therapeutical, it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. And you have to have a good liver to do it and a good kidney. And if you don't have a good kidney or a good liver, your physiotherapist or traditional Chinese medicine doctor 
or Ayurvedica doctor, they know this, so they protect your liver with other herbs. And this is a, a, a game for the therapist, for me, for the doctor, because I know I have to know the way your liver is working. If I can give you this drug, if I do this drug, can I have maybe I do another drug to support it to for the body not to be unbalanced? It's a difficult, difficult job. I had five years of herb, herbalism in university, five years just to learn. So you cannot go to Google. My daughter is here. Okay. Um, <laughs> see, see, see. Um, cha cha. Um, yeah, she arrives and she dominates everything. It's impossible <laughs> to control her. It's, it's my 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 little little doctor, eight years old. Oh. I have another one, thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they just come back from school like crazy. Like yeah, <laughs> I can relate. So yeah. So um, you have to be really careful and actually really gentle. Um, with the way you're prescribing herbs and, and for me I go crazy when I see online the things I go crazy because you know you have to be super careful you know it's 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 not like that we study a lot to do that man you cannot go to google to do it so yes. um but yeah you know that's life it's the the good and the bad about the the globalization of things yeah you have good things and you have bad things so you just have to learn a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And just being aware. That's why I just wanted to yeah. ask. Cause I think sometimes people just didn't know. They just assume, Oh, somebody yeah. is doing it. I could take it. It's safe. When oh it my might God. Not yeah. Be. <laughs> yeah. You can just ruin your liver for life. Oh, oh. well, it's one of the other things, the Chinese medicine doctor. Oh yeah. Because what conventional is... doctors, they don't know shit about plants. Oh, sorry. I did. I swear. <laughs> they don't know nothing about herbs. Oh yeah. They will say, don't take it, but they don't know why, you know, well, that was where my midwife um, had said when I had asked her about, you know, I'm like, oh, is it safe? Can I take this herb during pregnancy? And she was like, honestly, you know more about herbs than I do. And I was <laughs> like, okay, well, that's good to know. So, I mean, she was honest with me, you know? She should be because they say, don't take it, don't take it. It's dangerous. And they don't even know what they are talking about. They yeah. don't know the first thing about the chemistry of the plant. Yeah. Yeah. And so I respected I that. Crazy. I was like, so, well, thank you yeah. for telling me that. <laughs> Uh, they should be of, more like that. Yes. One of the other things that I know I had read um, that you had worked on was physical touch and the importance of physical touch. Um, why is that? Well, because I think the when I think of the human body, I think of the um, the trillions and trillions of cells that we have, and um, everybody, every one of us suffers from trauma at some point of our lives. In our childhood, in childhood, in our adolescence, in adulthood, and um, when we suffer trauma, it's not like a big trauma, but every trauma, um, your your physical body resents as well. Not only your your emotional body, because at this moment in the twenty first century and post COVID, everybody talks about mental health, which for me is beautiful. Um, but physical health is important, and your body acknowledges and is in in the moment when you're being traumatized or shocked about something and your emotions can be felt you can feel them in your body so they they are there it's not an idea and uh because there are a lot of chemistry behind emotions and the chemistry actually it's like the emotion gets into the cell you know and then you treat your brain and you treat your mind and you treat your emotional body which for me is beautiful 
but then you forgot your body, your physical body. It's like you don't give a shit. It's like uh, you're just being super anxious and you treat the anxiety inside here, but then your body, you don't touch it. I found that amazing because it's completely, um, it's unlogical. <laughs> it's strange yeah. because you feel the anxiety in your body, yeah? Totally. Yeah, yeah, but you treat your mind, is which there is any... really important. But then your body, what gives? <laughs> Are there any practices you recommend for people to kind of release it out of their bodies? Oh, yeah. Acupuncture is a good practice. Um, embracing it's a good practice because it releases oxytocin which is so very important what is embracing um, like embracing themselves okay like hugs okay. yeah yeah hugs. I am simple person <laughs> I <love> complicated <laughs> yeah you just you, you, we are we are supposed to be a tribe in our brains so physical touch is really important for the humans actually your brain when you are connected with another human works in a different way mm. You know, you know that? Mm-mm. No, yeah. that's fascinating. That's beautiful. So uh, when you're brainstorming about something with a group, you're actually really a brainstorming because they, your brain activates zones that you cannot activate by yourself. That makes sense. That yeah. Makes so sense. the physical body is the same. You have a lot of uh, nerves in your skin for feeling. Mm-hmm. So you don't feel only with your brain. Mm. Mm. You feel with your skin a lot. Your skin is a receptor. It's the biggest organ on your body. Filled with receptors. Why is that? So you have to touch it. And you have to, when you acknowledge that you have an, an emotion, you should touch it physically and release it. Not only in your mind, but as soon as you control your mind, you go to the place where you felt it and you just touch it and release it because it's there. It's in the cells. So it's really important to understand that to acknowledge the body as a a part of your being. It was body, 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 and then mind, mind, mind. And hopefully mind and body will come next. (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, what about rituals? I know that that's something that you are, you know, writing a book about. And I would love to know, what are some of the simple rituals people could do? Because stress is still a big thing. And I found some people are having more stress now after 2020 because their bodies are probably now realizing all of the stuff we went through. What are some things to do to kind of reduce that stress on a daily basis? I think the problem with stress, you have a lot of problems environmentally and, and, and from COVID, from everything. But I think the main thing and the main issue is the disconnection. Mm. People are disconnected. Mm-hmm. That's a big issue for your brain because your brain needs to feel safe. Yeah. Stress is a unsafe secondary effect of unsafety. Mm. It feels unsafe and it feels like it needs to be on a fighting club. Like what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And this is due to, of course, work and of, of course, daily living. But it's, it's really amplified by the lack of connection with yourself mm. and the lack of time to connect. And the lack of time to understand what you want and what are your dreams and what what are you doing this for and the goals, personal goals, not money, not things like that. That that's that motivation doesn't work actually. It works for two days and then it goes away. But why are you doing this? Why? What is the meaning? 
for you, the deep meaning, the vibrational meaning, the thing that makes you vibrate and makes you happy. And people just don't allow themselves to feel pleasure, mm -hmm. to be happy, to be safe. Mm -hmm. And they they get stressed, but they don't they don't take care of the body. I always say this. I'm really repetitive in this way with the sleep. Mm. So people yawn at 9 p.m. and they don't don't go to bed. They just keep pushing it. They don't care. So and then you you say in the next day, oh doctor, I'm feeling stressed. And I said, how many hours did you sleep? Mm. Oh, six, seven. How many hours did you work? Oh, ten, eleven. And I said, oh, so how how do you want to feel? They look at me, good. And I said, good. Okay, so sleep nine nine hours, lose the coffee, drink water, and move your body for fifteen minutes. And that I will not give you drugs. You just do this. Mm. Then if you're still stressed after two weeks, I will drug you. Mm. Okay. They are not stressed, of course, after two weeks. You know? uh, and it's simple. So, you know, my, it's not so simple because when you are connecting with yourself, outside is a lot of noise. Inside is oh, a yeah. bit of silence. So people just, just don't, don't like it. They don't like it. And I said to them, what, what do you want to feel? And I said, how do you mean? And I said, how do you want to feel every day? Oh, I don't know. So, okay, so what are you living for? What is the goal? Oh, I don't know. I said, okay, your body is really unsafe because mm. you don't know anything. So know something about you, please. Yeah. I urge you. Oh, my daughter is just popping in. <laughs> Oh. and uh it's not connection they don't know they don't know how how they want to feel it's not a matter of i want to have a, a good work and i want to have a good car not like that it's like your deep connection what you want to do what you like what is the the the, the moment of pleasure that you do every day mm. it's a question yeah for you tell me pleasure well right now normally when I'm not, when I get more sleep after having an 11 week old right now, but I would usually do my meditation in the morning, my pranayama oh, and my yoga good. asana practice like that is. And you like that for yes. you. It's a moment of, yeah. yeah. So the problem is that people don't have that moment. You, yeah. you, you know, a lot of people who have that moment of pure pleasure and happiness. So how do you want to feel that, that I think People, people are all always blaming the body for giving symptoms, but it's the way that the body connects and tells you, man, I'm not good, man. You're not being, you, you don't treat me well. Treat me well. Give me food, good food. Give yeah. me water. Give me pleasure. Give me dancing. Give me sleep, for God's sake. Rest me. Use me. Pleasure me. <laughs> don't push it, you know. People keep pushing it, and then they are they are not feeling well. But yeah. what are you, what are you going to do? You have to explain this to the patients. Of course, if they are in an acute state, you do drugs and you do whatever you have to do. But something needs to change because if your body is telling you I'm super anxious, you have to do something about it. And self awareness, anxious. You, you don't get get anxious from from viruses yeah. of course we are excluding everything that comes from trauma big trauma of course i'm not talking about that 
but uh, normal people with normal lives with not a traumatic, big traumatic event treat you, mm. look at you, listen. It's really important. So if people are wanting to kind of dive a little bit deeper in with your book, you know, where can they kind of find that? And then maybe who is your book for? Oh, my book. I think it's, well, I, Always, it's my fourth book and I always write uh, for me to be real I have to to to, to need it because <laughs> mm, yeah. otherwise I'm just writing it and I'm not good in it I'm, I'm really I, I cannot I just I have to be feeling it in the moment yeah. and um, I think for me people who want to connect with themselves to understand a bit more about about the function of their bodies because mm-hmm. the first part of my book is about that Mm. The function of stress, the function of fear, the function of ego, and uh, thoughts, repetitive thoughts, and, and um, the first time, the first part is for that, and the second part is about the biotypes and what you can do. You find your biotype and what you can do to improve your connection and your health. What should you eat? What rituals should you do? Not in an esoterical way or mystical way, not like that. Just rituals that makes you feel more connected to lower anxiety, lower stress, improve sleep. And simple things for me because I have a busy life. So yeah. I cannot do I cannot do 20,000 candles and 3,000. I cannot do that. I just, I have, it has to be quick and effective for me. And uh, I, I, I think repetition is the key. I love well, that. You have to do it every day in two, three minutes. For sure. Nothing more. And that book is called The Power of Rituals. And I'll put yeah. a link in the show notes okay. if anyone's interested um, cool. where they can find it. But thank you. Um, yeah. And, and is there anywhere else people can connect with you at? And Instagram. Okay. I will let you know okay. the Instagram too. Perfect. They can, make, they can ask questions. They can say whatever they want. I have awesome. a big community. They will like that. Awesome. It's cool. Yeah, and yeah. if anyone is local in Lisbon, they can come to your Oh, facility. but we do, we do, oh, no, yeah, yeah, but we do on, a lot of online at this point. Oh. We do all, all over the world. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. Did not yeah. know that. Amazing. We so do then, all over the world. Yes. Yeah. So anyone can come and visit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I just have one final question for you. I always like nope. to throw out a weekly challenge at the end of the interviews. And when I have a guest Ooh. on, I have you throw out the challenge. So what would you like cool. that challenge to be? Sleep nine hours. Oh, I love it. For a week. Please. And yes. then tell me what do you feel? As a sleep nine deprived hours. mom right now, that sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, you see. <laughs> I'll take nine it. hours of sleep. It's not nine hours of bed. It's nine hours of sleep. That'd okay. Amazing. I mean, oh, I'm gonna right. have to wait. We'll see if my son is sleeping through the night by then, but we'll we'll see. Uh, you will you will well, light a candle. <laughs> I know. It's like when you appreciate it. I mean, when you're not sleeping with the little ones, you yeah, appreciate your sleep yeah. so much more. Yeah. Sleep is like Oh my God, it's so important for every cells of your body and for your mind and brain and so many systems, which is great. It's crazy. It's the better, the best remedy of all. Oh, I love it. For sure. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of your wisdom. Yes. And everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power.